0: Imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal.
1: With your host, Colin Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground
0: lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is was rock, About music, rock and roll, and corporate power.
1: The thing is,
0: though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree to shop and nail it. Got it, got it, got it, got it, Confidence of a hero or four, I wasn't exactly certain, which could not be more professional. It's only one I choose to go my life to. That's okay. It means something, it means something. And away. You know, that's my take on it with what's yours. Protonic rivers all
2: That's like a science thing,
0: right? Indeed, indeed. Indeed it is. It's a science thing. It's a science place. It's a scientific fact. We are all up in your face It is time for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it, welcome to it, welcome to it. Our returning guest tonight, uh, Danielle. Danielle DiPicciotto, who is uh, one half of the Haka Di... Pichiodo, which of course, is with her husband, the incredible Alexander Hacka, and this is her uh, third solo record. It's called *The Element of Love*, love, and released on Valentine's Day, 2021, as one does. Uh, and um, great to have her back. It's a kind of a mixture of spoken word, electronic soundscapes, melancholy violin, things along those lines. It's been a while. I When I had her on last time with Alexander, it was right at the beginning of COVID. So, looking forward to talking with her about it. Uh, first time listener, the name of the show is Conan Neutron's Protonic Reversal. You can always find the archives for free at ProtonicReversal.com. Uh, anyway, let's just dive right into it. Well, Danielle, welcome back. It's been a little while, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've, we've uh, I, if I remember correctly... Last time we spoke, it was kind of right at the start of the pandemic, which was actually yeah. a while ago. Well, it's a year ago. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, we've been doing this doing this for a while now. Um,
2: yeah. I feel like I've been in lockdown forever because we hardly actually, I mean, in the summer, there was a little phase where we could go out, but basically berlin's been in a lockdown since october
0: so it's yeah it's taking a long time yeah and I, I, you know hey at least at least berlin's actually doing lockdown rather than this <laughs> everybody do what you want kind of situation we have going on in the states um, oh yeah well i don't know it, it the the biggest problem i think here is that some states are better than others at keeping folks doing what they should be doing. And Uh in some cases, people seem to think it's tyranny to be safe, which I don't really understand personally. But uh, (laughs) it's basically making it worse and making it harder for for us to get past this. And that's very frustrating for some of us.
2: Yeah, it's the same here. Those same people... That say that it's you know their rights for freedom of decision and all that. um, Kind of like they're making it go forever because they're the ones that keep on, you know, restarting the whole thing all the time. So it's really annoying.
0: Yeah, you'd like to think that people could act in an adult manner to. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Really. (laughs) Think of something that isn't immediately in front of their face and uh, realize that a future action can actually happen if they uh, if they, if they were to act responsibly. But apparently not, you know? Yeah, yeah.
2: Not, I mean, especially for us musicians, it's really annoying because, I mean, a lot of them that, um, you know, are acting that way, they, they're still doing their jobs. But because they're acting that way, we as musicians have to sit here and wait.
0: Right, exactly. Because it's completely impossible to do uh, any any manner of live performance in the standard way that we would think of it right now. And yeah, it's weird because, okay, so for me, clearly, you know, most people I know are musicians or like of the music world. So it seems like it's a very well-known thing, but I almost feel like that gets forgotten about by... I don't know the normies. I don't know exactly exactly wanna call it. <laughs> um, like like the fact that uh, when you think about uh, venues, just you know, barely able to get aid, where where it's like, yeah, they can't do anything right now, and they have like staff and people. So you have venues that are closing down because people don't even seem to realize that it's that big of a problem. And the reason I, I'm 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 not like thinking that we should just take on the problems of the world today. I'm bringing that up because touring is a big deal. Uh, for yeah. you and, and and a big part of your life and absolutely like a lot of folks and maybe even and more than some it's just upended everything for you yeah. so I, 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 can you talk a little bit about oh and I guess we should also mention you have a new record as well <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so different folks have been adjusting in different ways you know there there's some folks are are doing a you know live stream shows and things along those lines okay some folks are recording new stuff uh was this record born of pandemic or did it was it already kind of in the works before that
2: um no it wasn't in the works before I was planning on doing a solo album anyway so basically you know I would have done it if the pandemic had been there or not but um, I think that the theme of the album would have been maybe slightly different had it not happened. Because when I did start recording it, which was like in um, early fall last year, um, I was like, what what kind of album do I want to do this time? Because sure. the one before, Deliverance, was a little um, melancholic. <laughs> and I was like, do I want to do another one like that? And I was actually... I think that it might be good to do something that's going to, um, I don't know, give myself Uplift. a little bit of hope. <laughs> yeah. Bit of and, the, and the person that's listening as well, so that we don't just enter into this like totally dark space <laughs> because of my music. So that was basically the idea um, that I wanted to do that because of the pandemic.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that there's, there is a certain element of, especially when you're, in unprecedented times or, or sad times, you're like okay, do you document that, or do you, or do you try to, uh, you know, change change the conversation, or uh, not distract necessarily, but just remind that there's another uh, there's there's uh, there's other ideas besides the one that people are currently kind of sitting in and and, and living in, and uh, right, you know, I honestly expect I honestly expected there to be more like. COVID related records coming out than they were. And and I'm glad there aren't because I think that's something where it's like nobody wants to to hear that right now. Like maybe that'll be exactly 10 years from now, maybe like somebody can make a lovely concept record about it and it'll be very poignant and cool. But nobody's looking to hear that right now.
2: No, the last thing we need. (laughs) Right.
0: Come on. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. And so this one, this one's called uh, The Element of Love is is what it's called. And Uh You're releasing it on Valentine's Day, which I think is, which is, uh, was that like in the master plan to begin with, or was that a, just a happy coincidence?
2: Well, um, Broken Clover Records um, said, what about we do that? That would be fun. And I was like, yeah, that'd be great.
0: <laughs> are, you, uh, are you a Valentine's Day fan? do enjoy that holiday. Um
2: well you know in in Europe it's not that much of a big thing but I do remember Valentine's Day of when I was in school getting those little hearts and stuff and I always liked it back then.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it's it is weird that there's like from an American perspective people always assume that holidays that are that are big over here are big everywhere and it's like oh no that's 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 not true at all. <laughs> the- yeah,
2: yeah. I know it's it's strange, you know, when you move here and then those things aren't celebrated in the way that you're used to. You have to get used to that. And Valentine's Day always kind of I don't know it was it was always somehow a sweet thing when you were you know in elementary school and stuff. Yeah. So I have a nice remembrance.
0: So this record's got a th- th- there's a lot happening. It's kind of uh, you know th- there's. The more electronic pieces, there's some kind of uh, spoken word bits. Did, did you have like an overall ethos or theme for the composition of the songs? or was it just whatever you whatever you wrote that kind of ended up making it here? Like and by that, I mean the the type of song like the uh, were, were you looking yeah. to get away from the earlier records or you know were you what, what was the mindset?
2: Um, In a way, I wanted, no, didn't want to get away from it. I just wanted to add a little bit of, of, um, I don't know, like a mixture, like the first album, um, Tacoma, was kind of, you had the feeling of like, you know, Desert, desert yeah. atmospheres because I did record it in the desert, and I kind of liked that. But I thought I'd like to add something a little bit warmer. Or, well, I mean the desert is warm, but more <laughs> melodious, more <laughs> harmony, harmonies and stuff. Sure. So yeah. I thought you know um, I'm gonna try and keep it in, on a really kind of warm harmonic thing this time, and only have a little bit of um, abstract things. I mean I have a couple of them, but it's not as much as maybe I would have had otherwise. Again, because the same thing that I wanted something that makes you feel kind of cozy and yeah. you know and kind of know like warm hearted. Well and
0: you know it, it's that's the element of love. <laughs> right. So it exactly. makes sense. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. So I'm I'm at the moment I I really like doing stuff that's um electronically maybe a little harsher and experimental but when i was doing that album i was like ah, i really want this to be something comforting so Um, And that was fun. It was really actually because it was just at that time when I was recording it that all those, you know, QAnon people and all the conspiracy Ah. theories started popping up in Berlin. And there were some really weird situations where I was sitting on a rooftop because it was late summer and I could hear them chanting these weird things from afar. And it was super creepy. And I was like, oh, my God, the world's going crazy. I need to do something that's kind of like.
0: Sure. <laughs> Somehow make yeah. me feel
2: better, so so it was really important for me at that point to make the music that way too.
0: Well, okay, so then with the yeah, with the state of the world, I kind of feel like unless someone's completely lives in a bubble or, or is very disingenuous, it's going to seep in in some capacity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose it's possible someone could, you know, just. I don't know how uh, self-involved you'd have to be to not notice there's a global pandemic, but uh, creatively, at least, it, it's, it seems like there's going to be some presence in the room uh, about what's happening, and not just pandemic-wise, but yeah, the, the, you know, this non-greed-upon set of facts, uh, right. conspiracy theory world, et cetera, et cetera. And that's hard. I feel like it's hard to get a message of much of anything that isn't related to that or a reaction to that out, uh, because of all the noise. Yeah. And did you, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that like, you know, there's a necessary reaction to that, but I mean, do you just kind of have to shut that out? You think the, and do, and do your own thing or what, what was the approach to putting it, putting this together and putting it out during chaos world, basically?
2: <laughs> well, in a way, um, I don't think like blending it out is really the solution, although I do blend it out a little bit um, just by being in my studio and working on my stuff. But somehow for me, it's kind of like, you know, just like with all the other themes, like global warming and all the other madness, um, it's kind of like, okay, there's all these daunting situations. How can I deal with it in a way that I don't feel totally overwhelmed? Right. And so I, that's kind of what, how I try to deal with all these things in personal life and also in my art and that's kind of what my album's about like you know okay there's all these things but how do I deal with it so that I can deal with it and actually even get something positive done or maybe create something positive instead of going under because I kind of think that's also a responsibility of artists to do that you know we're the ones that they're supposed to kind of like, you know, give solace or, or show alternative ways, even if they're crazy, you know, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you're almost, it feels like you're almost asking, you know, the, the, or asking the listener or reminding the listener, I don't know how you want to put it, uh, to kind of find that power within themselves too, right? I exactly. Mean, <laughs> which I think is... Exactly i'm surprised there aren't more asks of that kind rather than just everyone sitting in misery all the time
2: yeah i think that that's the only way we're going to solve anything you know that's i mean that's for instance that's what that song um who am i is about um where i'm saying who am i you know i'm this and that and that because it's kind of like socrates says if you want to get anything done in the world you need to recognize yourself first so recognizing yourself is kind of like okay who am I what am I made of and, and what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses and how can I involve myself into something with my strengths and not let myself be pulled under with my weaknesses so you know stuff like that I mean with me my work is always kind of like um, delving into things that I'm thinking about it's always personal but I always try to turn that personal part into something that's kind of universal for everybody that can kind of understand it or maybe even identify. So it's not like egoistic. And so that's kind of, that was the work throughout the album.
0: I wonder if, uh, and I'm glad you brought up that song. Cause I was actually going to ask if you wouldn't mind, uh, just us going through the, the songs in order and you kind of give us a little background on, you know, the, the title, the lyrics, the composition of it, and maybe anything about the recording, anything that stands out to you. Uh, I don't oh, think we've done sure. this before that I that I can remember. But like it's, I, I've, it's something I've kind of developed in the last year that I think you can kind of get some interesting stuff out of it. And I found you to be very, someone very thoughtful about your uh, about your art. So, you know, some people you try this and uh, you know you don't, you don't you don't get much out of it. Let's put it that way. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you don't mind, you know, we can give that a go, yeah, sure. and you can just uh, speak about each one. So first first song is Sea of Stars
2: Uh uh-huh so um well let's say that you know for me global warming is a pretty big issue and so um i've been reading a lot about it and i'm kind of i've uh, applied for a an art grant because i'd really like to do some more artworks on that whole subject kind of like finding new sustainable ways of how to survive and i read this one sentence um about how the first astronauts i think um got on the moon and then they saw or they were in the in the capsule and they saw the earth for the first time from far away and they said they had to cry because it was so beautiful and i was like that image just really stuck to me and i started looking at all these different images and video clips of earth and i was like it's really just such an amazingly beautiful planet um it really is like i don't know it's like a magical thing that floats out in this dark space and so I was trying to, you know, in the lyrics, I was thinking, so, you know, what is all of our future on this planet? And are we going to make it? And is this beautiful planet is going to be, is it going to be destroyed or is it going to survive without us or whatever? So it was kind of all those musings that I have when I look out um, at the sky or I did look out the sky last year when I was recording when it was dark at night and I was thinking, wow, you know, or it's just like, it's so inconceivable the whole situation of being on this planet and um, what's happening. And and yeah, those are just the thoughts that belong to that, to that song.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of, a lot of folks that are, you know, people that are astronauts have kind of expressed looking at earth from the moon that you just get like, you know, a sense of scale and scope. And just the idea that, yeah, we are, you know, problems that seem like gigantic or uh, insurmountable differences just seem so petty and, and small by comparison. Right. And I think, I can't remember who it was, but somebody once said that, um, you know, they they wish they could share that experience with other folks on Earth. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, gosh, I sure would be nice if we could do <laughs> <laughs> we could have that kind of uh, humanist sort of thinking uh, in general right but
2: uh yeah yeah it would be because it's really incredible i mean i also tried to add like this feeling of magic or mystery to yeah. the to the piece you know because it's if you look at it even if you look at it on a clip on a video clip it's like so incredible that you know this thing is like you know racing through the sky and we're on it and it's so beautiful and i don't know it just it's almost almost impossible to really understand the whole process of that happening. You know, um, of course, all of we, we know we know all of that, but still, it's just so incredible that it's magical. And I love magic. You know, I love um, magical stuff like fantasy and stuff. So um, I thought, yeah, it's really important not to lose that feeling for the magical situation that we're in.
0: Right, and as, and as and as much as it's science, you know the moon's always loomed large uh, in magic and myth and uh, yeah, and everything, and for good reason, right?
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> pretty,
0: it looms large, literally.
2: <laughs> it does, and it's very influential.
0: <laughs> uh, beautiful. So, the, and then, did you have any thought? Like, did you always know that was the opener, or was that something where you kind of let yourself in yeah. later?
2: Yeah, it was supposed to be like an introduction to my universe (laughs) nice
0: uh so then the next one the second song is uh, the miracle pardon me the miracle of the dead trees is the second song
2: Mm -hmm. that basically has the same gist to it um it was kind of like thinking about how um we always kind of um, look at the stuff that we can see and we kind of, you know, that's how we live our lives, but there's so many things we can't see. And I'm not even speaking about mythology, you know, or something, just like really everyday stuff. Like I mentioned, like, you know, we can't see our bones, but they're the ones that keep us upright.
0: <laughs> right. Right.
2: <laughs> and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> and that we just kind of like, it's, it's a really good, Practice in a way to think about all the things that are happening all the time without us being able to see them, because you know the conspiracy, all the conspiracy theorists are basically about that, and they make it everything sound like a conspiracy has to be something that's invisible and that's threatening. But then, if you think of it, there's so many things that are invisible, um, like the roots of trees and the stuff that's happening in the earth, or the stuff that's underwater, or the stuff that's in the skies. That's not threatening. It's just like, you know, it's really, really <laughs> necessary for everything to be able to survive. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of an interesting kind of thought to, to think about all the things that you can't see that are there all the time um, that are part of life and, and what that actually means. So that was, that was kind of about, you know, it was, I it was kind of started thinking about it because of all these conspiracy theories. And, and I thought, yeah, invisibility, what, did, what does that actually even mean?
0: Right. Well, yeah, because there's, I think there's this idea that, yeah, any, anything unseen is there to do you harm. Exactly.
2: <laughs> right?
0: Which is, this is so indicative of, uh, you know, modern culture that that's how that, uh, that that's evolved that way. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think it is something that if you, I, I agree with you, I think if you look at the, Look at the larger thing. There's there's plenty of things happening in the background that uh, it's not there to do you harm. It's
2: right, exactly.
0: <laughs> it's the the system yeah. doing its thing. It's uh, stuff like living and growing and changing. And uh, yeah, I think that's uh, yeah.
2: And it's it's kind of it's kind of really um, I don't know. It's 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 really fascinating to think of that all these things are happening all the time and you're not seeing it happen. I read this really interesting thing not long ago about somebody that said, you know, um, the economy always says, you know, that stuff costs that and that much. But what they always take for granted is all the work that nature does, like to grow the food and all those things, you know. And if that would actually all cost money, prices would be really different, like if the trees would take money for Growing the apples <laughs> and the corn would take, you know? So there's so much taken for granted that's actually invisible, but that we're completely dependent on. And um, it's happening all the time and it never stops. So that's kind right. of comforting, even.
0: <laughs> yeah, like the, the the ecosystem. That's funny. It's, it's almost like uh, that would be the ultimate libertarian world, right? You have to like coin operated trees. Or something right. Along those lines. <laughs> oh, you want to send it to this tree? That'll be twenty-five cents, please. <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> that's that's why I even, hadn't even thought about it from that perspective. Which which I guess is a little more uh, sardonic. But uh, yeah, I think yeah. I, you know people take things for granted. Yeah, and, uh, totally. That, and I think that's uh, what's that as that uh, is.
2: I don't know. I, I think it has a lot to do with fear, too. You know, it's like people are scared to look at things that they can't see because they think it's going to be something terrible. Yeah. But actually, it can be something really, really great, really, like, beautiful.
0: Absolutely. And, and I think that that's, uh, you know, anything even dimly bringing awareness to, uh, you know, the world around you uh, as, as exists beyond, you know, apps and this, yeah, exactly. This this, this hellscape of uh, confirmation bias that we're putting ourselves in, I think is uh, going to be valuable in this situation. Totally. Uh, totally. Third, third song, Solitude.
2: Solitude was... Um was the thought of, I actually um, had already been playing this, I've been working on this song for quite some time. i performed it already before the pandemic. So um, it was kind of the feeling of, you know, the human being, being lost in this industrial world. So you hear all these like sounds of the machines and the inhuman, Metals and stuff like that. And that you can kind of hear this woman walking in between these things, but still singing kind of beautifully. And it's like, that's the feeling I have that we're kind of lost in this maze of industrial life. Um, And that we're still beautiful, but that we're lost. That's kind of the (laughs) simple
0: version. Well, yeah, but I think that there's... You, you know it's almost like immediately identifiable I, I think back to you know I have read some study where you know a lot of folks have trouble sleeping without having some kind of noise or something along those lines you know like it's it's become right. so, so ingrained so, such a part of their life that if they don't have this <laughs> this this noise yeah. in the background they literally can't go to sleep like it doesn't put them into a relaxed state because it's just become part of everyday life um. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I think it's really interesting because, you know, before the pandemic, a lot of us just didn't kind of forgot about nature because, you, you know, you can be so immersed in everyday life and, you know, working with a computer and and going to work or doing whatever you're doing. And nobody really really took nature that seriously that it can really do something big. And then suddenly this... You know, this um, thing happens to us, which is nature, and um, so I think it's interesting that I had that song before the pandemic happened. where is basically only the you know the, the mankind dealing with industrial life and nature not being there at all. So that was an interesting. I thought this is really interesting because that's only something I could have written before the pandemic.
0: Right, you wouldn't have been thinking about it in those terms. Uh, yeah. <laughs> during it right because yeah. it's, yeah. sort of, it's sort of like the uh was it um like david foster wallace you know this is water like you don't think about it when you're in it exactly Na- nature does that
2: <laughs> it certainly does <laughs> Na-
0: nature uh, doesn't feel that that's rude at all nature will do it whenever nature damn well nope. pleases
2: <laughs> doesn't care
0: <laughs> uh beautiful creatures that's an example
2: so Beautiful Creatures is like this, um, this kind of belief of mine that sounds maybe a little crazy. I really love superhero movies and comics and fantasy and all that. And I'm kind of convinced that um, we could be capable of a lot more than we actually think we are. Hmm. And I think that just by thinking that we're not capable of certain things, we limit ourselves and don't achieve to do that which we actually could like you know the scientists say that we only use a certain amount of our brain and that there's a lot more that we could actually be using and that's I kind of always had that feeling that we are enmeshed in certain things so much that um, we don't see what we could actually be doing so that's why like the sentence um that we have flown to the moon and have Einstein's theory, and that we underestimate our own glory—that's something that I think, um, in a way, is always nice to remind oneself because I do think that we are capable of a lot more than we actually think we can or we are.
0: Yeah, I really like that line. I think that's a very, uh, that's a very poignant kind of takeaway line because it, I think I think there's something there where. I think there's a lot of value for people in power to make people feel small and defenseless and not thinking about exactly. It. I think there's a lot of money to be made, frankly, and I think that they're doing exactly. That. Uh, and it's interesting you mentioned that uh, the you know, unlocking the potential. I, th- I think of the you know the woman who you know. F- Uh, They're in a car accident and her baby's stuck in the car and she, you know, just for the the, the adrenaline or whatever, gets some unexplained phenomenon. She's able to, like, lift the car just for that time period. right? (laughs) Right, Just just for when it is needed. Like, things along those lines. Like, everyday, like, uh, you know, unexplainable behaviors.
2: Yeah. Or, like, that horrible story where some... Man got so mad that he tore a poodle in two pieces, or something like that. Like, I mean, it's a terrible example, <laughs> but still, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> suddenly somebody can have superpowers. And if you can have it in a situation like that, you could basically always have it. And that's yeah. exactly a perfect story, you know. That's, I've always, I remember hearing a story like that for the first time and thinking, wow, that means we have those powers all the time and we don't know how to tap into them or how to use them, you know. And if we weren't constantly busy with all this stuff that's like, you know, like war and all those really useless things, we could spend much more time delving into that.
0: <laughs> right. And, and, you know, and then you think about the, <laughs> think about things like manifestation of will too. And, and it's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like why, and, you know, I, that like, isn't more well known for a very good reason, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. But, you know i experienced the fall of the berlin wall and um for me that was really something that um that really kind of blew me over because you know it was such a such an institution you never thought that something like it would ever disappear and then from one day to the next it was like it was just like well you know it was torn down yeah and that was was only by the will of the people that said we have had enough like you know all the east germans just went in the street all of them and they said it's enough and suddenly it was it happened you know so that for me was a really impressive example of how um yeah like you know there's a lot of ways of of being that superhero be it with a lot of people together or you know um being it on your own but i i do think that there's a lot more potential than we than we um think
0: well sure i mean look at the look at the example you gave of the berlin wall you know people looked at it as this you know completely overwhelming edifice that was yeah. you know was going to be there for forever that was always going to be there and then all these people just you know took out the hammer and the chisel and they just started yeah. to work on a tiny piece <laughs> exactly and then a second person came in and a third person and so on and so on and then you know just hammer chisel fall and it it, yeah, something that was gonna be there for forever is gone, and it, it, the, you that know, was know people did that. It was yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent agreed. And I, I've that metaphor has been used for um, to good end about a lot of things. Yeah, uh, not not to get too political, but Michael Moore made a pretty uh, beautiful uh, into in one of his movies was something along those lines, and I thought that was really prussian if you think about it in terms of like what the people can do if you exactly if you let yourself be elevated from the misery for a half second (laughs)
2: exactly exactly and that's exactly what the song is about you know it's like um if you've if you've ever experienced it in any one little thing how much that can change it somehow never leaves you and you always have a feeling, you know, of knowing that it's possible, which is really important, I think.
0: I think mean, it's important I mean, to have I those reminders. That, yeah, you, you have to. Exactly. Even for yourself.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, so much has changed because of all the protests and stuff like that, too. In so many ways, I mean, a lot more can happen, but it, it's also that can show you that, you know, it's worth it. It's It's worth it never giving up and always believing that we are capable of more. Because I do think
0: we can, are. <laughs> do you find, this will be a little bit of a sidebar, but do you, do you find it harder to motivate to create during these times?
2: Um, not really, to be honest, because I'm either on tour or I'm in my studio.
0: Right.
2: So um, because our whole tour was like, all of our tours were canceled. Yeah, so yeah. it was kind of like, I've been on the road for like, um 10 years almost now so to be honest for me it was kind of like wow i i just i can just sit
0: (laughs) (laughs) you (laughs) don't have to be anywhere for sound check you know (laughs) it's a different
2: (laughs) exactly i don't have to be and i'm not going to be jet lagged and i'm not going to worry about my voice being gone if i'm traveling and i can just sit here and i have a little bit of time so i kind of like it sounds horrible, but at the beginning, I actually even enjoyed it. I really slept a lot, <laughs> which, sure, which I haven't been yeah. able to do for years.
0: <laughs> well, and the reason I bring it up is because when I had you and Alexander on last time, this was so early into it, like nobody kind of knew what was what exactly was going to happen or how long it was going to be lasting, but that's kind of been something I've been asking folks because I think it's just interesting that, you know, for, for a lot of artists, it's just like, nope, Just anyone that has like a work ethic of just, I'm going to do this and... We'll see if if we strike gold today uh, right. versus, you know, some folks have a more, you know, a, a look for inspiration versus perspiration. Right. Right. And, and I think it's, no, that,
2: for us, it's like, I mean, for me specifically, i I've I've been doing that my whole life. I've right. always had to like you know dig out of my own soul it's rare that something came from the outside so i'm um, i'm used to having to create my own projects and create my own whatever so it was like not nothing new i just had a little more time than usual
0: <laughs> do you have so, a any kind of i don't know like routine or anything along those lines like do you have like set <laughs> do you have any like table setting maneuvers that you do when you're trying to get into a creative headspace or can it just occur at any time well, one
2: one thing I have to do is I have to be I have to get up at a certain time every day because mm. I noticed that you know after I slept for three weeks I was like okay enough of sleeping and <laughs> now it's back to regular.
0: <laughs> now that you're caught up on sleep, yeah. <laughs>
2: exactly, and I kind of have to like get up every day, latest by nine, because if I get the feeling it doesn't matter that I get up, I get depressed. That's been like a trick that I've had all my life. So it's kind of like if I set the alarm and when the alarm rings, it's like you have to get up now, even if there's nothing specific that's calling, you have to get up, go to the studio and then see what happens. And then as soon as I'm in the studio, you know, I I start doing stuff because there's always lots of stuff I feel like doing, but I have to do that one thing. I have to set the alarm. Otherwise I can actually get depressed really quickly.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. That You're almost like setting the rules of engagement for yourself.
2: Yeah, I have to. I mean, nobody else will do it.
0: <laughs> well, I think back to it, and, and I listen to the show now, I tell this all the time, but I was, I was thinking back to just hearing about how Nick Cave every day, you know, puts puts on a suit and tie... <laughs> yeah. goes, goes over to the piano and whether whether anything comes out of it or not he's he's putting in the work and uh I just like the image of like putting on a suit and a tie to go to the other room where the piano is everyone <laughs> watching <it>. but, <laughs> but I love it you know I think that that's a beautiful beautiful thing because if you're true to your passion then you have to I think create these processes for you know uh, things that will help you accomplish that goal right. And and, and I, I think we underestimate routines in art. And again, I, I'm not trying to put my thumb on the scale on the great conversation, but I personally find that for most folks, it's as much putting in the work and building those routines as it is, you know, waiting for some divine epiphanies. <laughs>
2: <that> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, I mean, absolutely.
0: I mean, if you watch um, any, any documentary, it's sort of like, like, oh, no, it's just all you need to do is take a bunch of drugs, apparently. OK, well. Oh, God. No, <laughs> absolutely not. I, I hate those those uh, that mindset so much. and I. Ugh.
2: Yeah. And it's not true. I mean, you know, every single person I know that's stuck it through um, and has become, you know, somewhat or completely successful. All of them have that ethos of. um You know, having a schedule and sitting down and working because, I mean, of course you're going to have, you know, um, some kind of genius idea, but um, you can't rely on that all the time. It's A a lot of it is also just, you know, having one idea and then working and delving into it and really expanding it and researching and, and just, you know. Practicing your instrument and all of those things—they all come together. Like that—that that whole myth of just taking drugs and then you'll do something incredible. It's, to be <laughs> honest, it's pretty—it's pretty misleading and it's actually not fair because it's not true.
0: Yeah, I mean, if anything, it it just allows you to find something that was already there that you know that ended exactly. in mechanism for it that was like the delivery system, not the catalyst.
2: Yeah, exactly. And in fact, it often makes things a little more mediocre than if you weren't on drugs that much you know. I mean I've gone through it all and so has Alex and all the people I know Nick and and all the bad you know all those musicians I mean we've all gone through those excessive (laughs) years but um, it's not about the drugs it's either you know either you you're talented or you work hard or whatever it's got more to do with that than the drugs
0: yeah I mean and I think that yeah that mindset of waiting for the lightning to strike I don't know. Yeah. Maybe for some people but it kind of seems like the correlating factor I found just you know not just for myself but like talking to so many other people and about the process is is really it is just finding those mechanisms for creation that you know can, can yeah. keep, keep the machine rolling forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds really boring, but it's it actually does. not. I, like I see why it's not the subject of documentaries because that's not—it's not interesting. It's like, oh wait, yeah, that's not cool. I want to hear about the partying. Okay.
2: Well, yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. I mean, fine. <laughs> yeah, but you know. I mean, there's, like, you know, there's, I don't know, if you if you go back and you, uh, Thomas Mann, the writer, you know, or Jackson Pollock, even though he was, like, super excessive, he had a really strict um, day schedule, like yeah. Picasso, anybody, Nick Cave, um, you know, uh, Fetus, even, you know, Gen- Gen- Genesis, or, I mean, everybody, all of them. The thing that I heard once was that the thing that really, you um, you can count on with every single person that you maybe have heard about that kind of has managed to you know stick through it is that they work 24 hours a day on what they're doing. I think that's that's the um, yeah. Do you that's ever, a true story.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And do you ever have like a um, well? And that's a, that's a good point. I guess like right now there's not a whole lot else going on, but in times in times when you are out and about and you have an idea or like a concept or you know, maybe even a lyrical phrase or something um do you do you have a a way of like doing that kind of record keeping and do you ever refer back to it or is it something where you, you feel like if Absolutely. it's good enough <laughs> it'll show back up on its own
2: no, not at all. It's, I I um, I have a book next to my bed. I have a book in my my bag that I always have with me. I have notebooks everywhere because um, they do just come. Sometimes I wake up in the night and I have a sentence in my head, and I write it down because I I definitely will not remember
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever Do you ever look back on and be like,
2: huh, wow? Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's oh, where absolutely. Did that come from?
2: <laughs> like oh, constantly. <laughs> Constantly, I mean, you know, and that's the thing um, about that strike of lightning. I mean, that's that's kind of also what that song that second song about invisible things is about is like, yeah. you know, there's so many things happening with your um, with your under like with your um, what's it called your subconsciousness constantly like if you're meeting people your subconscious notices all kinds of things when you're alone when you're out in nature your subconscious is constantly like registering things that you're not aware of and then they suddenly come out and um that's kind of a bolt of lightning you know and it can happen anytime so like sometimes i'm I don't know, sometimes I read a, a sign like incorrectly, I'm looking out of the bus, and I look at a sign, I'm like, what did that say? And I read it completely, I was like, wow, yeah. that's so cool if it would really say that.
0: yeah, <laughs> And yeah. all
2: of those things, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, this is, uh, my, my father worked uh, years and years back when he was a much younger man, he, he, he worked on a jackhammer, like lost a lot of hearing, uh, uh-huh. especially in one of his ears. So he was constantly mishearing things but he would always yeah. mishear things as funnier than they were. Like yeah. <laughs> you would say something, you know, relatively mundane and he would hear something utterly fantastic and and I loved it. Yes. Like you know, it, it not only was hilarious but I'm like that's a great song title. Good lord, that's amazing.
2: Exactly. Exactly. I love that. Or like misreading something. I just love it when it happens to me because you don't. You can hardly do it on purpose. Yeah. And I have pretty bad eyes, so it can happen <laughs> quite often. <laughs>
0: uh, well, and and so I. To be fair, I did say that was going to be a bit of a digression, and it was. But let's get back to the record. Uh, the title track, uh-huh. "Element of Love," which is uh about half, eh, right about the halfway point, I think, right five. Yeah. Uh huh.
2: Um, well that one I um, I wanted that to be an instrumental because I wanted to write a love song but I didn't want to write lyrics to that That was um, I've always kind of wanted to write a long, or love song without lyrics and so I thought okay how can I do that the best way so I started composing it and then I thought well I think I'll really have to ask Alex to participate and then we'll just write an instrumental love song together and that's basically what it is
0: and did you always think like hey this is like i guess where do you draw the line for some uh, for a solo record versus uh, the Hackity pachoto stuff like did you did you conceive of it as like hey this is going to be for this record like this is going yeah. to serve this purpose within my record versus being like one of the ones that you do collaboratively
2: well um one thing that we always Fuji
0: question sorry
2: <laughs> yeah no <laughs> um, well when we do like, Haka Di is always, for us, it's really important that it's really 50-50 of input from both sides, because only then it really works to be a Haka Di song. song. Yeah. And so I can always tell, like, if I'm composing something, um, if, I, if I feel that it's only 50% of the song. I'm like, okay, this is a Haka de Pichetto song. I'll just wait until we're recording our next album. And then if I have a feeling, well, Alex, I, I would really like Alex to play something on this, but it won't be 50%. It'll be like maybe 25% of the song. Then it's still mine for my solo album. And that was kind of what um, this song was like. It was kind of like uh, I made the landscape and then we kind of walk through it together so in that way, we're doing it together, but it's in the landscape that I
0: set. He's, he's, he's do, supporting it in a way that um, you, you know, <laughs> maybe he's adding adding his element to it to fulfill the overarching vision, but it's it's an addition. It isn't a, uh, a, exactly. a, a co-creatorship. Makes sense. Exactly. That makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: And again, even when those, I think that stuff's important, even when the delineation is only maybe with the artist and not immediately apparent, I think it's it's good to have that statement of purpose, I think. Yeah. Uh, then, the, you talked a little bit about who am I mm-hmm. a- already. Did, was there anything else you wanted to uh, speak to to that? or? In...
2: Well, I mean, it was really interesting because, you know, you kind of, I don't know if you feel that way, but when I think about myself, usually I'm kind of like, oh, I'm so limited in my, cap- my capacities. Like, you know, I'm, okay, I'm an
0: artist. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not daily. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, I guess they were very different. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, I, th- I think it's incredibly relatable. Frankly, yeah.
2: <laughs> Joking. Yeah. So it was kind of like you know. So what am I like? Not only what do I do, but what are my where do I come from? Like, you know, what are my influences? And so then I started, first of all, looking at my family, you know, and then, okay, I'm a daughter, I'm a um, sister. Um, and then I'm a, I'm a wife and my father was an Italian. My grandfather was this, my grandmother was that. And so even already there, it's like, oh, wow, I've got all these different functions and these different influences, even before I start Speaking really about myself as a character. And that kind of struck me. I was like, you know, a lot of people sometimes, um, again, do not really um, realize how much they are or how, um, what a variety of possibilities is in every single person. And um, it was really interesting to like go through all the different things that. I really identify with. I mean, you know, I'm a poet. I'm an activist. I'm a pacifist. I'm a, you know, I'm a feminist. I'm a, um, I'm a lover. I'm a, I'm you know, uh, I don't know all those different things that I that I say. And an um, expat,
0: your itinerants usually <laughs> I mean, exactly.
2: <laughs> I say so many things, you know. Um, so it's interesting because again, it shows you how many different possibilities there are in life and I think that you know one of the biggest problems at the moment in our societies in all societies almost is that it's like kind of black and white it's like pro or contra it's like you know for or against and it causes these really um huge conflicts because there's no gray in between Mm -hmm. and I think that we have to remember those those different facets you know I remember this really amazing um this, this video, I can't remember, maybe it was Gus Van Zandt, I'm not sure who it was, like some really famous filmmaker once did this um, this uh, kind of clip up, um, to and it was about, you know, that theme. And it was like, okay, so first this huge group of people and it was like, okay, now separate and all the women to the left and all the men to the right. And then it's like, okay, how many of you... Um, I don't know, or gay, go in that. So then there's like people coming out of those two groups going into that group. Then how many of you are earning less than I don't know how much money a month? and Oh that. yeah, All of yeah. Us, you I know, know what you're
0: talking about. Yeah, that that was. Uh, oh gosh, yeah. I thought I, whatever that was, I thought that was super interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I it was exactly fantastic. Yeah.
2: You know and it just kind of shows you how multifaceted every person is and and you just don't belong to only one group of people and as soon as you kind of remember that again and you know remind yourself of all those different things you belong to all kinds of different groups and it kind of opens up that you know one against the other thing and so that was kind of an experiment I did in that way. Because again, you know, Socrates said you can only do something if you understand yourself. So that's the first step you have to go through. And then you can start changing the outside. So I thought that was really interesting. It was fun. And it was also fun.
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> Never did. T- yeah. It's, it's, it's when you're a serious artist, sometimes people don't like talking about fun but you know life can can and should be fun too like that it that has to be maybe. fun <laughs> <laughs> Does, doesn't diminish it the to art be. to acknowledge that it's okay not
2: at all <laughs> i just uh finished writing my second graphic novel okay, in german good. and i'm going to be translating it in english um and it the title of that is the um how would you translate it the um the the, the cheerful art of rebellion and it's basically the history of berlin between um 87 and 95 and like before and after the wall came down sure, yeah what a time to be alive
0: right (laughs) amazing
2: yeah exactly and it's about you know the old 80s where you know nick cave and all those bands and then the techno djs and all sorts and i kind of what i'm speaking about mainly there is that all of these people had this kind of humorous way about seeing things, no matter how serious they were, this kind of Dadaistic approach you know, to things, like just turning things upside down and seeing what's going to happen. And, and, and that way they invented all these new things. And it's, it's kind of like um, that humor is really, really important. Like It's really important even to like, you know, generate really serious stuff, but you yeah. have to have like a humorous
0: approach. Yeah, and it's it's a very different experience when you don't, and I think exactly not necessarily necessarily unpleasant, but it's just it's it's a very different experience, and and I think that there's this is again this is just Kona Neutron's theories, but I think there might be this idea that somehow uh, by putting that in, in some fashion, even, a, you know, it was just like a tag or something along those lines that somehow diminishes what came before. And I, I think quite the contrary. I think it actually adds to it a lot of time. Yeah. Not to say that Absolutely. everything's not to say the life's a joke or anything, you no, know,
2: but, but it, it can be outrageous. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you think of most art music be, like, beginnings, they were all outrageous. Right. And outrageous always has like a, you know, a tinge of hilarious, like, Oh my God! What are they doing?
0: <laughs> right. I mean, one of my favorite films of all time is Brazil, right? And
2: exactly, Brazil
0: is absolutely hilarious as like a dark comedy, but it's also utterly horrifying in every way, and it it's can be exactly. whole things at once. Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, I yeah. mean, there's you know many many facets of humor too. So
0: absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. Tell me about the glory of innocence.
2: The glory of innocence um, is a song about you know, um I love innocence. It's like it's a yeah. it's a character you know, I just I love innocence in people and I love innocence and in children and in animals. I just love innocence. And we all had it at one point, you know, and it's always <laughs> the question of
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> how much, you know, how much do we lose? Some people somehow never really lose it. Some people lose it at a very early stage, um, depending on all kinds of different things. But you can also kind of like keep it for yourself in a way. So in any case, it was kind of like looking back at childhood and all the things that one was innocent about, the hopes and and the, the dreams that one had, and somehow finding a way back to that in spite of terrible things happening. Um, which I kind of mentioned at the end, where odd things starts happening. Um, I think that's like um, something that can actually be a valuable kind of experiment to, to go back and remember those things and see how much of that is left within yourself. And if you can maybe like make that come back stronger.
0: Do you think there's some confusion culturally about innocence versus naivete?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean naivete is not necessarily considered something positive and um, i think innocence innocence has a sort of wisdom to it too like kids have a certain kind of wisdom even though they're innocent maybe even naive but um i think innocence somehow always has that little grain of hope somehow Mm -hmm. you know so i thought that was really interesting i mean i i once a therapist once told me if you want to if you if you have somebody you really really don't understand in front of you try to imagine what they were like as a child and um, and that can help you understand that person better like where he or she's coming from and it's actually really amazing to do that i've done it a couple of times where i just imagined about imagined that and it really changed your perspective about how to deal with a person and maybe even deal with a certain problem that you're having with that person differently
0: Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I guess that totally makes sense. You know, it, yeah. it, it, it may be applied very differently as an adult, but if you, yeah. if you can get back to those core principles and ideas, yeah, why not?
2: Yeah. yeah. You know, just imagining him or her as a little boy or a little girl and that they were probably scared of the dark.
0: right yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. like you know okay this you know as as a kid they grew up in a chaotic environment so they're looking to create order or you know that's why they like make their make their own worlds like it's very important exactly you know like it's yeah that's uh i never thought about that that's interesting
2: yeah that's what this that's what that song is about basically is kind of you know um because i'm always thinking like you know what can you do to not be depressed about these things that are happening yeah, yeah. and what what tricks can you do and there's simple <laughs> things that one can practice that really can help it's interesting so i'm always trying to find stuff like that
0: <laughs> I, I think of the the, <laughs> the the popular internet ad that kind of has turned into a bit of a meme of these try these six simple tricks to yeah! <laughs> fight <laughs> Oncoming uh, depression and ennui, you know like.
2: exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which again, using humor to address a serious problem, but uh.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 no, but it's true.
0: <laughs> uh, so next up is homesick.
2: Homesick, yeah. Well, um, I mean, one of the things that I really missed obviously now in the last year was traveling and homesick for the U.S. because it's, you know, it still is my, the place I come from and it seemed so far away. So that's kind of just about that. It's basically just trying to, um, I don't know, express homesickness in in maybe, I don't know, a kind of, sounds weird but earthy way like as if you're walking through a field or something and thinking about a place that you miss but it doesn't make you miserable it's just kind of like a tug at your heart
0: <laughs> yeah and, and that's always I always find interesting hearing people's thoughts on that particular concept especially when they're they tend to be such as yourselves usually more more itinerant than not like you know what is the idea of home what what, what does home mean to right. you? what defines a home, what makes a home, you know, that's, can, can you, can you yeah. miss something when you're already there? <laughs> you know, like, hey, Oh it's... yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's a theme that Alex and myself have been really working on because we've been nomads for 10 years yeah. and now we're here. We've been here for a year in Berlin, which I mean, is you know, Alexander's home basically, although, um, there's so many places that are home for him and for us in the meantime. It's interesting. It's really interesting. We still haven't really, I mean, I don't know if you can actually ever really understand what a home means because, I don't know, it just becomes more and more complicated. <laughs> but I definitely always feel homesick for, for the United States because, I don't know, I don't know, I guess, you know, if you grew up, somewhere it's always going to be within within yourself so
0: i was talking to you even when i'm there
2: even when i'm there i feel homesick for the way it used to be when i grew up there you know not meaning politically but you know the smells and the the nature and the friends and all that so i know that never really leaves you and it can be something nice too. I mean, again, you know, going to the song before, if you you can remember those things, remember the good times, and give it, have it give you strength. But then sometimes it makes you a little sad. So that's what homesickness
0: is. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And, and I also think about that. I'm speaking to, speaking to someone about this. I don't remember who it was recently, on the show, and just talking about the idea of when you have when you <clears throat> tour a lot, and you have friends in, in different towns, and different areas, and things along those lines you know, you can not see them for like extended periods of time. And then you just, you know, whatever, pick right back up. And it's it's as if no time has passed at all. even though it's been like a year, like two years, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a very difficult thing to express to people that haven't had that experience or lived that life. But it is very, it's very unique. I found it's something, it's something I've, I've certainly come to value more as I've gotten older, certainly. Let's put it that way. Um, But it it also occurs to me that, like, you know, that in and of itself can be a homesickness as well. Totally, yeah,
2: totally. The home of your friends
0: you see while you're on tour and while you're out doing your art.
2: It kind of makes it even worse because, you know, I mean – We've also stayed at certain places for like longer periods of time doing residencies. Sure, yeah, of course. So yeah. then we get that place, you know, you know, we get to know that place better and that kind of feels like home. So then you don't really have homesick for one home, but for like ten. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh for God's sakes.
0: <laughs> you can be like, hey, remember that creaky board at the yeah <laughs> Exactly. It's like oh <laughs> uh, knocked is the next song.
2: Yes. Night. Um night that's um actually um when i was writing my book i was researching a lot of stuff like i have these these um huge folders of photos and texts of you know back then when the wall came down and um i was going through all of that and i also found a lot of lyrics i had written back then or poems and stuff because i used to write a lot of poems and i found this piece and it was really funny because i really remembered writing it and it's the story I I actually remember why I was writing it because I used to work in clubs all the time and um, my favorite time of the day would be you know going home at seven in the morning and in Berlin back then cabs were really cheap so you just take a cab home and just sitting in the cab and watching the sun rise but just before it rose it being dark and everything being quiet you know and Mm. you being in that little globe of light within the cab and feeling really safe and comfy and, and just hearing the music of the driver in front, like, you know, quietly playing and stuff. And, and I I wrote a um, poem about that. And that's what the song is about. It's like um, sitting in a cab and looking on the outside, seeing the bright lights go by and seeing people standing in the front of the, the clubs, you know, drinking and just kind of letting all of that drop away and really enjoying that that comfort of the night. And then at the end, I ask myself, why is it that it seems so much more elegant than the bright daylight? Like, why is it that, that darkness and, and and night or, you know, shadow seems so, it just seems more comforting than light? Yeah. And that's how the song ends.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it, it, so it it brings to mind... Not as an exact corollary, but that Jim Jarmusch film, uh, Night on Earth. Uh, exactly. Like just the, that idea of, yeah, kind of being these these observer and passenger between stories. and uh, Exactly. The context of per- that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: exactly. That's, wow, cool, cool analogy, because um, that's exactly the feeling. And, you know, it's... I know it's like because it's dark outside the light that you see or the things happening light. They're so pinpointed and they always like, like a, a story or something. It just makes everything seem, I don't know, more interesting or something. So, and I'm, I'm actually, you know, I really like the day. I don't, I really like getting up. Or, <laughs> right. You're not a vampire.
0: That. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> I'm not, no, I used to be, <laughs> I used to have a garlic allergy.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, that's yes. not hilarious. it sucks, but like that's, <laughs> You know the trope, the the it trope of hilarious. an artist that kind of parleys in like darker music. That's that's what's making me laugh there. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what the song is about. It's kind of like you know what is it about darkness that makes us feel safe in a way, yeah. which is odd because you know if you think of it, you know that was what at the very beginning scared people being in the dark. You know, the prehistoric man or whatever, and they they got fire, but it also has a really comforting element to it right? And so it's kind of like a dreamy dreamy kind of poem
0: yeah and I think it, it it depends on the type of person too like there's certainly people that don't feel that way like I think I think most let's put it this way most people that listen to this show probably completely understand what what you're driving at here and, and uh-huh. would agree but I think there there are people that you know, talk about that fear of the unknown we were speaking about earlier. Like, there are people who yeah. just, like, assign it as, like, oh, no, that's a nefarious thing. Like, only bad things yeah. can happen then, which. Okay. But
2: remember, I'm in the cab. I'm not. I'm right, not exactly. You're a protected watching.
0: situation. <laughs> exactly. That's different. I'm scared of the dark. <laughs> well, and I've always found that, you know, as someone that just generally gravitates towards later hours let's just go ahead and say uh-huh. even when when music is not involved like i've, I've always i've i I've found that very uh resonating let's put it that way yeah. uh-huh. i find that to be a resonating nice concept, so uh strange times strange times
2: the song well, title not
0: not just a general declaration of where we're at yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i guess that you know that song does somehow have to do with the pandemic, But, again, I've had so many strange times in my life that I kind of like, you know, pandemic is only one of them. Right. So it's just about also. Yeah, it's just it's it's basically about I mean, I, you know, I say I don't believe that God is dead, uh, that he's a neighbor who's helping a small child or that he's the nurse who has the scars because of a um, mask or stuff like that 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 god is a concept uh that that god is a um not a concept but is a um the way you look at things it's like a um a worldview a yeah you know and and so it's kind of like no matter what happens to you it really only depends on how you react that's the only thing that really defines you because there's so many different ways of being able to, to react to one thing and um and being able to react to a difficult situation and still keeping your humanity for me that's god you know that's godly it's like the, the firefighters that ran into the you know 9 11 buildings or the nurses that work or the people that have a kind word or that fight against all of that for me is you know the way you react to a situation and it's kind of what we all have to practice at the moment is like, how am I going to react to this and, and stay, you know, keep my dignity kind of. And that's something that, I don't know. I I always kind of always have to remind myself was like, remember, you wanted to keep that dignity.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think as a reminder, almost everyone needs at this point, you know? it's like, yeah. <clears throat> emotionally, I feel like everyone's been in a, <laughs> you, you know, in, in, in a ditch in a war, yeah, for the, no, for the past it. year, just like <laughs> PTSD, practically not to denigrate, you know, not not to downplay what God, people actually yeah. have PTSD, but I mean, distinct extreme trauma. Totally.
2: Have you seen that Netflix film, Looking Back on Twenty Twenty?
0: No, I saw. Netflix I uh, that's a, uh, was it a Charles Booker? No, not Charles Booker. Uh, yeah, Charlie Booker. The, the Black Mirror yeah. fella beta, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I Have actually I it? meant
0: to see that, and I I didn't. I actually didn't watch it because I was like, I don't want to see that right now. I know what happened in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but was it was it good? Was it worth watching?
2: It's kind of like you're just looking at it and you're like, it's funny. I mean, it's done in a really funny way. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's total satire. So you can laugh while you're watching at it. But when you're looking at it, you're like, oh, my God, I forgot about that part. That year was just insane. Yeah,
0: it was. And, and you know what? Now that uh, things are a little different politically over here yeah. maybe, maybe i can maybe i can stomach it <laughs> yeah 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 at, at the time i was like nah i think i'll watch this uh you know expressionist right. no. russian film instead that <laughs> take me away to somewhere else for a while i don't want to be reminded of those right now
2: <laughs> no, absolutely absolutely it was only you can only watch it after you know after february 20th <laughs> uh, right, january right. 20th sorry yeah <laughs> some arbitrary deadline
0: <laughs> yeah well but yeah. it's the same thing of like you know I'd be more interested in the uh, the poignant COVID record that comes out ten years from now rather than one that comes out now. It's like no, exactly. Not, it's like, I don't want to hear yeah. that, please. I don't want <laughs> to hear your song about double masking or vaccination, or whatever. Exactly. Spare me. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. But this is actually really funny. It's like it's total satire. Okay, you know what? Like they, I'm going to check it out tonight.
0: I'll let you know anything. Yeah, it's,
2: <laughs> we laughed. I mean, Samuel Jackson is at the beginning. He's like um so this is a movie so he's he's told this is a movie about 2020 he's like what why would you want to look at that
0: (laughs) all right all right that's
2: how it starts so so it's it's starting
0: off with the correct amount of self-awareness for it so that's good exactly
2: oh absolutely (laughs) it's hilarious
0: (laughs) uh so last song on the record decline of western civilization so not only just a, a overarching concept and ethos but uh you know, also, the name of a, a documentary series that two of exactly. which are, are very, very important, I think, yes. culturally.
2: Thanks. Yeah, totally. And I've always loved that title, I have to admit. I think yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Amazing. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, oh, my God. And um, I mean, I wrote that in the fall and we didn't know what was going to happen politically, right? So yeah. I was like, um, besides the fact of all this you know, global warming and the pandemic and all that, if um, these elections go badly. <laughs> it might be the end very quickly. And I was just kind of, you know, trying to envision that. And and I often, I mean, I guess everybody, all of us have a feeling that something's kind of like in the decline, that things aren't working out and that things really have to change. And um, I was thinking of like how many different, um, you know, um, societies have, Disappeared like the Roman Empire, you know, the Egyptian, the, the, the pharaohs, pharaohs, and all those. Even I was, um was reading this one thing, um, even Spain, I mean, Spain used to be the, the most powerful um, country in Europe, yeah. which I completely forgot about, you know, or England. Right. <laughs> it's like the empire, you know, like all these different empires that have gone. And now they're like, well, you know, not Empires anymore, um, and I was thinking of all these declines, and and then I thought, well, you know, even in decline, there's beauty, because it's just, you know, the, the that's the way things go. It's like, you know, it's like waves, up and down, up and down, and it's just part of life. And so that's what the song is about is like even if it is the decline of the western civilization there's still beauty in that civilization you know there's the beauty is always always there no matter what happens and um that's what i tried to express
0: yeah and I think because I mean, that makes me that makes me think of two things which I think yeah and and I guess most importantly before I say that I'll say I, I think that actually uh, you, you certainly achieved that goal with it I think it's a great way to end the record personally oh um, uh-huh,
2: thanks uh,
0: before I launch off on like my TED talk here uh, but <laughs> but the <laughs> it, it makes me think of two things first of all which is uh, yeah the, 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 same, the same deal of yeah the, the decline right so of course that's a bit of an homage to uh you know the romans right and and as as, as mentioned and but then also if you think about the fact that history was written by the romans as well yes and you know in that history you know celtic society was was portrayed as like a uncivilized culture like they were they were literal barbarians <laughs> yeah. Like you know, and, and then they were, <clears throat> they were treated as such for history, despite the fact that if you were a woman back then, it actually would have been way better for you to be, you know, a, a quote-unquote barbarian than to be a citizen of Rome, because uh, they had right, you know, they, they had more rights, et cetera, et cetera. But because they weren't the ones uh, telling the history, that's like lost out of time. Um, right, Carthage. Right. If 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 you look at like how the, everything went down with Carthage, it's like, it's like, oh, you know what? Like the official view of history kind of shows that that like, oh, they were they just they came in and they um, they they ransacked the city. Oh, what horrible people they are. It's like, well, what they don't mention is they were provoked again. Like like a, like a like a kid with a stick over and over and over again for like years. And that's like completely written out of history. So where I'm getting yeah. at with all that is, is the idea of. You know, the, uh, the there's always the historical record, and then there there are those that are there, and those those don't always match up. And it's interesting to me, like the times that we live in, with just the world of chosen facts. That totally, we can totally. have you know perceived Absolutely. and real decline, and then also like, no, we're winning. Well, really? Okay, we're yeah. we're, we're, we're winning right now, are we? Um, so That's that,
2: actually really interesting. Yeah.
0: And that's part of that's you know the way we process information, confirmation bias, et cetera, et cetera, things along those lines. But it's it's interesting to see that it's like, well, what 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 does that mean? Like, is everyone's miserable all the time and having a hard time, you know, living their life because that's uh, you know they're subjugated in in a different way, in a capitalist way versus a communist way or whatever. It's still misery. Yeah. Still well, that's the
2: thing. Yeah, it's it's that's really interesting. That's totally. Um, I mean, I've been you know from a totally different perspective. I I read lots and lots of autobiographies by uh, female artists and musicians because sure. I'm really interested um, in the way they dealt things and stuff like that. And of course, there's a reoccurring theme that they actually did a lot of things that their male counterparts were credited for, and that. History in that way has always been very, you know. uh, I mean, I can even see it nowadays with people writing their memoirs and stuff like that, where things get moved around a little bit so that certain things look different. And I'm sure it's happened throughout history like um, in so many different ways. So again, that just shows you that, you know, there's so many different facets, even of history and that the whole history of mankind could probably be depicted in a completely different way than it is in history books and still be correct. And so you never really know if it's a decline or if it's actually, the start of something fantastic and new and even in the decline like in the you know in the death of something there can be beauty so it's like I don't know it's somehow it's it's always like this I just find it really fascinating that there's it's always like shifting back and forth and all these different truths are possible and all these different truths are in there and that's the beauty you know and if if our society is declining now it's mean you know it could be the start of a fantastic new different age that is 10 times better well
0: absolutely you know
2: all that effort and all the people believing and trying and fighting for something better even if that goes under it was beautiful so yeah
0: i mean yeah it's it's,
2: it's funny that you like that song because my um my my label boss said that he actually had tears coming to his eyes when oh, he heard wow. that yeah, song. Oh well, it's, it's evocative.
0: I mean, if you, know, yeah, if you're not hard-hearted, if you're if you're listening yeah. to it, and you know, again, living in the world.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like,
0: why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it get? I mean, and and you know, what's one thing you you brought up, and again, kind of going back to that sort of winners' history of things, like you know, think about you know uh, how important to history someone like Angela Davis was exactly uh, in America and then how just you know there's there's not a lot of biopics about Angela Davis <laughs> you know there's Curie you know how important to but history I'm was, was, was. yeah, yeah. How, how, how important to history was she you know and it's yeah. like yeah she won the Nobel Prize twice <laughs> yeah no big yeah. deal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> literally changed the, everyone's ideas <laughs> About radioactivity, to like the modern age, but no big deal. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so on and so, so on. There's so many stories on. like that. There know? are, and yeah. and I think that that's um, and, and again, when you talk about like uh, you know, the decline, well, it's like, well, what decline? You know, as, as perceived by who? And that makes me think of um, and and this is dangerously heading towards just like a you know Danielle and Kona talk about books, but like you know, uh, <laughs> People's History of the United States, you know Howard Zinn. Yeah. And, you know, that was an important book for me when I read it because it was like, oh, oh, okay. So what they have in these history books, there's always this kind of seems a little bit like, that seems vague. That whole section seems pretty, <laughs> hmm. weird how they just, vague. They, they, bla- yeah. they blasted past that pretty quick. And it's like, yep. oh, here's why. Oh, <laughs> <Right>. okay. Okay. <laughs> now let's make it a little more sense. All right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Vague is a great word. Yeah. <laughs> that was so vague. I yeah, wonder why. why. I don't know
0: why it is. It's so weird. <laughs> Odd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's a powerful way to end the, end the record. Uh, and uh, I think it's a good record. And I think people should check oh, it out. Thank which, you. Which is ostensibly what we're here to talk about. So, uh, <laughs> third solo album, The Element of Love. It's coming out Valentine's Day. 2021 it's available I, I believe on lp as well as digital download if i remember correctly yes right. okay. absolutely mm-hmm. yeah. and if folks want to get that what's the where? where's the best place should they go to uh your i um, think you have your own band camp i they go to the label site yeah it's
2: a... yeah it's like um my Bandcamp site danielle de pichotto Bandcamp, or broken clover my label san francisco label we've kind of um done it so that You know, if you're ordering it, because nowadays it takes really long to send stuff for some (gasps) some reason.
0: Don't don't get me started. I know. I know
2: it's crazy. I know
0: exactly why. And if you want to hear about it, I'll go on a 20-minute rant about it. But I'll I'll save it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible. I sent out, you know, stuff. I I made this calendar with my art in um, December. I think it was. I sent it out on the 29th of November. Actually, I put it on. online and I got a lot of orders from New York and LA Sure. And I sent it out and it still has not arrived. You know, it's like taking what, three months to send something to New York?
0: Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I, I have, I have very strong feelings about that. And, and it's, 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 it's I don't not, it's wrong. It's not accidental. Let's put it that way. It's not accidental. And the fact that it still hasn't been rectified is incredibly obnoxious to me. And
2: it's terrible. There's direct really action terrible. that needs to be
0: taken about that because it comes it comes from the top, let's put it that way. And
2: Yeah.
0: And, and uh, again, I'm not I don't want to turn this into a political show, but I think anyone that <laughs> anyone that like sells music or art, like this is affecting It's a
2: nightmare. So this it's shouldn't a be a
0: political situation and and, and proverbial yeah. heads should roll for it.
2: Absolutely, and especially you know for like artists or for small companies, it's a nightmare. For big ones, I was speaking to this um, to this bookstore, and they were saying, well, you know, we send out 20, 23,000 books, and it doesn't really. Then we, you know, we don't have a problem. And I'm like, okay, I guess you just have different ways of doing it. Yeah. But Everybody I know that's on Bandcamp or that has a small company, if you have to wait for three months until you know you, you can get whatever you're ordering, or you can your people get what you're sending it's a nightmare. I mean, a lot of people that ordered stuff from us, they wanted to give it to people for a birthday, a Christmas present, right. you know, and they still don't have it. It's like, that's so annoying.
0: Well, and it's the, so it, the, it, the U S postal service is like one of the great success stories of this country. Like this, the idea that like people don't even r- like realize, a lot of people don't even realize that, you know, the idea that you could live anywhere in this country and not only get Mail from all around the world, but get it t- in a timely manner, and right. like without like additional like fees or or whatever along those lines, and have it be reliable. And and they've they've right. systemically destroyed the U.S. Postal Service or, or hobbled. I shouldn't say destroyed it, and it's 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 completely unacceptable. And if there wasn't a million other things that need to be, <laughs> need to be addressed right now, yeah. <laughs> I think it would be a much bigger news story. But I do I do. I do think that artists and, and labels need to kind of get together and force some sort of action on this, because yeah, otherwise, yeah, I, I, and again, this harkens back to what I was saying earlier about I think people that don't live the life that don't um, that aren't actively a part of you know whether playing music or you know venues et cetera et cetera don't realize the impact and just what like a just you know uh, extinction level event practically the yeah. pandemic has been for a lot of artists and, and the areas yeah. around art. Yeah, thank you. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and so that, and because of that, we kind of said, okay, um, Broken Clover is going to like, if you order there on, on, um,
0: so if you uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah, so So they're ordering they through
2: send the, send out from San, through San Francisco, right? And if you order on my Hakadit Pichotto site, which I do with Alex, where I also have my soda stuff, then that's we're sending out to Europe. So we split it up so that. It can be delivered as quickly as possible. Right. So,
0: so if you're if you're looking to get the record and you're doing in the U.S., order it from Broken Clover, and then you know right. for for Europe. So, be, so basically, it'll save you uh, costs and shipping. A, a and lot it, of money.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. And yes, time. It uh, but yeah. then also it'll get there in a more timely manner. So, so yeah. again, depending if you're a European listener versus U.S. listener, et cetera, et cetera. Just just do that for the time being. We're trying to sort it out out here.
2: Yeah, exactly. We've written it. Our we've written on the bank hand pages saying, you know, if you're there and there, order it here, and if you're there and there, order it from there. Oh, brilliant! Okay, cool. You know, so then yeah. that's
0: so actively read, yeah, folks. So that, yeah, yeah, please. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, you know when during at the beginning during the pandemic, it would cost sixty-eight euros to send a CD from Berlin to to New York. Can you believe that? That's about seventy bucks.
0: Yeah. I I, uh, for a CD. I,
2: was, I was that's just insane.
0: Yeah, I, I put together this compilation CD, a benefit compilation, for um for for our label guy who just he had an amazing dude. He's had a heart stent put in. You know, he's got a couple of kids uh-huh. he's out, out out of work, trying to pay the bills, and put together this the really cool compilation. Which we only done the CD, and it's like they're in these small. They're really cool, but they're like cardboard sleeves. So like lightweight, Uh very lightweight, weighs almost nothing. And naturally we got a bunch of orders from Europe and it's sort of like, okay, this thing that's, you know, two ounce, three ounce CD. And it's like, okay, that'll be $25 to send it. It's like, Oh, right. Like really? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, what? (laughs) For this? Like, and, and, and it's in, again, I, I don't know what needs to happen because I, I don't feel like these stories get told. In like the yeah. larger perspective, and they, and they do, it's like well, Amazon is their bottom line's been affected by you know, one point three percent or whatever. And I feel like when you talk right. about this to a lot of people, they're like what you're sending records, what uh-huh. you know, it's just there, there's there's so much kind of front loading that needs to happen yeah, before people even totally. understand the issue that it, it's horrifying to me, and yeah. I, I I don't
2: it, it is. It really is, because it's kind of like, you know, taking even more away from the smaller businesses.
0: Yeah, it's, it's um, like, aren't artists hurting, artists and labels are hurting enough?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got, we
0: yeah, got yeah, this yeah. indignity to, to deal with as yeah. well?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But, well, you know, that's, so then we said, well, you know, we're not going to let this happened we're just gonna you know he's he sent me a pile of records so that i can send them from here and he'll send them from there and that way we can like you know help people not have to spend that much money yeah it's I've, just not fair yeah, i mean th- you know, in a the pandemic mayor. you don't have money and then you have to like pay even th- three times the amount of what it would normally cost it's like no fucking, uh, no way
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no i i'm i'm 100 there with you and i think that's that's a very smart move, and I think it'll it'll be less misery for all involved by doing it that exactly. way. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, <I hope> so. <laughs> uh, yeah. So to, to get the record again, if you're in the, uh, you know, if if you're in, if you're in Europe, right, then go to the uh, Hack the Pachoto page, and then if you're
2: exactly if
0: you're in the U.S then uh go to the the label broken clover yeah broken clover thank you (laughs) i'm trying to remember it's like broken flowers no broken clover there you go (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly uh danielle it's been a pleasure
2: uh it's always a pleasure speaking to you
0: (laughs) please uh give give my best to alexander and uh i will yeah stay safe out there
2: yeah hope to speak to you again soon hopefully when our next album is out because that's just about done as well. The next Sacchetto Pichetto album.
0: <laughs> well, I, I look forward to it. You always got a home here.
2: <laughs> Thank you. So have a wonderful day. <laughs>
0: you too. Take care.
2: Thank you. You too. Bye.
0: Ah, there she goes, Danielle, Picciotto. Let's hear a song from the record. We talked about it plenty, right? Let's uh, let's throw that on.
1: Do you remember how safe you felt as a child? In the arms of your mother, on the shoulders of your father, basking in the glory of innocence. They were king and queen, and you knew Nothing could ever go wrong. Do you remember how beautiful it was? Watching the afternoon sunlight slip along the wall with the cat purring on your lap, licking your face with its rough tongue fairy tale books spinning their yarns of stories with the smell of pancakes floating in through the kitchen and the clinking and clanking of pots and pans announcing lunch. Feeling hot and sweaty and watching the cars fly by on the way home from a romp in the park and knowing that a hot bathtub filled with soapy bubbles would be waiting and you knew the whole world was waiting for you Pure joy of birthdays with their cream-laden cake. poison ivy and having the blisters covered with pink calamine solution and lying at home with your library books and hearing the fat lady from downstairs screaming and yelling at her children. Do you remember Lassie, Little Joe, and Skippy, the kangaroo, and your parents fighting while you were watching TV, thinking you wouldn't hear? Do you remember your first bicycle and how you knew that you were finally a grown-up on your ninth birthday, when you got your first kiss. The trust you felt, the hope, and you knew that nothing would ever go wrong.
0: All right. There were a couple selections from the record The Element of Love by Danielle DiPicciotto. It's our third solo record. Just came out, Valentine's Day 2021. (laughs) Uh, Get that at... Well, we went over that. Get that at the label site. Uh, You know, if you're in the U.S., the Danielle DiPicciotto... Bandcamp.com or the, or the label site, the Hackaday Choto Bandcamp, if you're uh, in Europe. Anyway, great to have her back. The name of the show is Kona Neutrons Protonic Reversal. Thank you so much for listening to it. The show airs Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific, on RadioNope.com. Say yes to note As we come to the close of our for the archives wherever your finer podcasts are downloaded If you like show and you want to hear episodes sooner patreon.com slash reversal $1 a month will get you there no ads, no sponsors, no kidding I've got some good stuff coming up 50,000 watts of power Paige Hamilton of Helmet next episode so stay tuned I want to ionize the air yeah, go find Danielle's stuff she's all over the internet the only dpciodo that i think that's uh that's out there so as long as you can spell it right you're good
1: this turns sound into anything else no,
0: i think that's it can you hear me now thanks for tuning in there out on stay safe out there dark and, and take it easy I got my radio on can you hear me now me now.
1: Hear me now